Hello, my name is Pastor Mark Sturmer with The Church International, and I would just like to say welcome to our podcast. I know God wants to use this to speak something very positive into your life. I know this will encourage you, help you grow in your walk with the Lord. And look, if you enjoy this, leave a review, make sure you share it with someone, and go ahead and subscribe so that you won't miss out on any of the messages that God wants to communicate to you. Well, look, God bless, get ready, lean in, and watch what the Lord is about to do. All right, so thankful for everyone joining us online. I know there's a lot of travelers. Um, I know some personally. Hope y'all enjoy tonight. Also, super excited we have our Donaldsonville campus in the house. Can we all give it up for Donaldsonville? Across the river. Okay, but then we also have um, our Rose Pine and De Quincey here in the house. So Pastor Nicole and Kendra came. Come on, y'all give it up for them. So excited to have y'all tonight. Okay, so I'm going to jump right in. Hopefully, you've come prepared to just receive what God has for you tonight. I know this message has been stirring in me like just a couple months, and I actually, you know, before I went to Africa, I was kind of like, Lord, okay, is this what you really want me to share? And I really felt last night it was confirmed because I was challenged by it. Come on. You know, you're like... Okay, devil, I see what you're trying to do. I see what you're trying to do. So anyway, so let me tell you just a quick story. Uh, my husband and I recently uh, went to Africa. I know with uh, Casey and Tina, they came with us. We had a great time with Mercy and Casey. And so within a three-week period, um, we went to Africa, and we went out of state twice. Well, my husband went out of state three times within three weeks. And so it's just a lot of traveling, so we're so glad to be home. Okay, we love Africa, we love where we went, but we love Louisiana, okay, great. So we're on our last trip, and this last trip we went to Florida, and on that one trip we had four hours of standstill traffic, okay? So we're headed back home, I tell, it's a Saturday evening, I said, hey Mark, I'll drive so you can rest, because he has to preach Sunday, so I'm driving, and I know I need fuel, so... I'm driving, he's sleeping. I'm gonna go to my favorite place to stop, and that is Bucky's. Bucky's. So I see, ooh, Bucky's. Yes, he does not like Bucky's at all, but he's sleeping, so he doesn't have a vote, right? So anyway, I can't see Bucky's from the interstate, so I don't know the condition of the parking lot. I get off the interstate, I take the little road, and then when I pull into the parking lot, I'm like, oh, my Jesus. I've never seen so many cars at Bucky's. Like, and then he wakes up and he's like, because we're really trying to get home. Okay. So he said, baby, you go into Bucky's. I don't want anything. I'll pump the gas. I'm like, okay, you sweat pump gas. I'll go in the Bucky's. So I go in Bucky's and there's so many people. It's ridiculous. I decide I don't even need anything. Like, I'm going to go to the bathroom, and that's it. I am not standing in the line. Well, go to the bathroom. Come out. I go to the gas pump where he's pumping gas. He's not there. He's a polite Cajun boy, and so he pumps the gas, and he moves. Who, who doesn't? Who stays at the gas pump and runs in the store? Anybody want to confess? Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. He didn't do it. Well, the problem was I left my phone in the car. I'm like, hey, 
Okay, so I'm looking, looking. I'm going to make this long story short because it was a long time. I circled the Bucky's parking lot. Y'all, I'm not joking. There were 2,000 people in Bucky's. It was like just, okay, circle the parking lot twice. I go in the store and circle it twice. I go down the aisles that all of my husband's favorite things are, knowing he wasn't going to go in, but I'm like desperate. I'm like, I don't even know what to do. Like, this was back in the day when I was young and we didn't have cell phones. I'm like reliving that. Y'all, youth, y'all don't even know what it was like. Y'all don't know what anxiety is until you living without a cell phone in Bucky's. And I can't find my man. And I even so circle the, the thing and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll, I can give him to announce his name. But I know he's not going to hear because they're like this. He ain't going to know what Mark said. He's not going to hear. So even I go back outside, go behind the store, and I'm looking. And, y'all, I start, my heart started to race. Like, I'm kind of panicking. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, and it ran through my mind, did he leave me? <laughs> but I thought, nah, surely he wouldn't leave me. And at one point I was giggling, but I did start to panic. Like, I started to panic. So anyway, I go back out where I parked my car. See, he don't know that I don't know what the front of my car looked like. I just know the Church International sticker on the back. So he parked. I, I go out the last time, and I, I said, wait, I think that might be my car. I have no, nothing hanging on the mirror, like nothing that would say, Cindy Sturmer, this is your car. But I found the car. He had parked in the nearest parking spot. He said, I even parked with the nose out so you would see it. I said, but I couldn't see your face, and I couldn't see the TCI sticker on it, you know. And so anyway, I started to think, like, why? I've traveled the world with this man. I've been in, like, places that human trafficking is an all-time high. I've never been anxious, never been scared, never thought he was leaving me anywhere. But why in Alabama, the United States of America, on this state line, at Bucky's, am I freaking out? And I realize he brings me security. Like, I am secure. There is security in our relationship. See, our relationship has layers of benefits. And he's fine, y'all. He's look good. <laughs> There's layers of benefits in our relationships. Relationships. So tonight, we're going to continue our layers series, and we're going to talk about layers of relationships. See, in Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 through 10, it says, Two are better than one. Okay, so look to your neighbor and say, I'm better with you. Look to the neighbor that you didn't look at and say, you're better with me. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. If if you fall next to me, I might laugh first. <laughs> it depends. If I see you not hurt, come on, Tina. We're going, Michelle, we're going to laugh. We probably. Get... But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Y'all, I've had some days in my life that I needed somebody to lift me up. I've had days, and y'all, you know what's crazy? 
because we are knit together. We are the body of Christ. There are days I'm having a rough day. I had someone text me today. Remember I said I was challenged on the message, like I was kind of challenged. I had someone text me today. Hey, I was thinking about you. How you doing? And I'm like, holy ghost. Okay, so there's security in our relationships there's also strength in our relationships. Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. Come on, power of Holy Ghost, power of Jesus. There's strength in relationships in the body of Christ. And you see what happens is this security and this strength brings stability. Who can use a little stability in your life? Come on, thank you. Who can, come on. Sometimes it gets a little, ugh, okay? We can all use a little stability. You see, we should have layers of relationships. And let me break this down for you. This is what I mean by this. I call it the Elijah-Elijah concept, okay? Elijah was a prophet. Elisha was the younger prophet that actually trained under Elijah and ended up stepping into that position when Elijah was taken up. And so the concept is you should have relationships You should have people behind you that's younger than you. That's people that you can invest in, okay? You should have people alongside you, and then you should have people in your life that's ahead of you, okay? But the beautiful thing is these layers of relationship, the benefits go both ways, okay? And so you don't have the older ones sitting there thinking, uh, you can do nothing for me. They're not in a place of pride, but hopefully as you mature, you realize that you can learn from younger people. I love how Ezekiel 4.13 says, a poor yet wise youth is better than an old foolish king who no longer knows how to receive instruction. Okay? So across the board in the layers of relationships, you're going to have benefits going both ways. I love Maria Derso in her book called Ageless. She said, um, she just talked about the importance of the younger and the gener- older generation being in relationship together. She said the younger generation, they need the older generation's wisdom. Okay? Come on, older people, say amen. amen. Okay? But then the older generation needs the younger generation's creativity. Come on, let me hear from the younger generation. Okay, so we need one another. Okay, we need one another. So we need to remember that. Each relationship may have layers of benefits going both ways, okay? And so tonight we're going to look at how do layers, how do layers of relationships contribute to our stability, Okay, four things we're going to look at. The first is they encourage us. Okay, and these points are going to be going back and forth. Okay, they encourage us. We see in Hebrews 10, verse 24 through 25. And let us consider how to encourage one another in love and good deeds. Now, that word encourage, a lot of times I think of encourage as in like someone says, Oh, you look like you lost 10 pounds. Come on, that's some good encouragement, right? I'm like, thanks. Works. Okay? No, it means to stir up. Come on, you got some Cajun cooks in the house? 
Okay, you know, you got to stir that pot. And sometimes when you stir the bottom of that pot, if you let it sit too long, sometimes some ucky stuff comes up. Okay, so encourage means to stir up. It goes on to say, not abandoning our meeting together, as is the habit of some people. And I want to stop right here. This is why nights like this is so important. Okay, but then not just nights like this. Like when we keep talking about C groups, we keep talking about connect groups, we keep talking about be faithful to Sunday services. It's not because we just want you to warm a chair. It's because we love you and we want to see you just flourish and do great and mighty things and thrive in your life. You know, I think about me, like I got saved and I was a mess. Like I was a drunk, I was a single mom, I was, you know... Dating a married man, like I was a mess. And all I knew how to do was show up at church. That's all I knew. I didn't know the Bible. I didn't nothing. I showed up at church. And then, you know, somebody invited me to a connect group. So I said, yeah, I'll go. Free food. Great. And my, my fine man was going too. So I'm like, that's even better. I got a good looking date. Free food. And so through that, I built connection and relationships. And then they were able to encourage me. You know, maybe you shouldn't wear that dress when you bend over, your cheek hangs out. You can't go up to a stranger in church and say, hey, you know, your cheek's showing. No, build a relationship with her first. Come on. (laughs) That was me, y'all. That was me. All right, so don't, not abandoning our meeting together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The second time that word encourage is used in a different form, encouraging, it means encouraging is to call near, invite, invoke, beseech, call for, comfort, okay? So encouraging does also mean comfort, desire, give exhortation, strongly encourage or urge someone to do something, to entreat and to pray. So encourage isn't just a nice thing to say. Sometimes it's a getting on your face and crying out and praying and believing with someone. Sometimes it's a urging strongly like, girl, come on, put on your big girl panties. You can make it. You're not going to quit. Okay, these are all the things that we learn in relationships, and it contributes to our stability. The second thing, the way layers of relationships contribute to our stability is they sharpen us. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We call that healthy challenges, okay, healthy challenges, You know, there's this tree, it's called the fiddle leaf tree. I thought this was so cool. It's native to Western Africa. See, I talked about trees last rain. I'm going to talk about them again today. The fiddle leaf fig tree, gosh, that's a tongue twister. It's native to Western Africa where it gets jostled by the wind and rain and wildlife, which happens to strengthen the trunk of the tree from a young age, which allows the plant to become naturally stronger over time. And so as we iron sharpens iron, as we challenge one another, encourage one another, spur one another on, stir one another up, those things bring strength in our life. Okay, and it's for our betterment. Amen? Okay, the third thing that 
contributes to our stability is that they learn from us. Layers of relationships, they learn from us. Our purpose-driven life should encourage others to do the same. Okay, so the things that I do for the Lord, my actions, my words, my behavior, should encourage others to do the same. The question is, what am I encouraging others to do? Because they're going to learn from you, monkey see, monkey do. Either one, okay? I love Matthew five fourteen through 16. It says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all, say all, who are in the house. Your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So I just want to challenge you with this thought. You know, I've, I've had people tell me before that, you know, well, I just want to, you know, act how I want to act or I want to let my hair down. And, you know, if I'm trying to do what the Bible says, I'm not being real. This is not really me. Guess what? Do you really want to stay you? Christianity is all about crucifying the flesh and being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And so we need to have a constant goal that, hey, the words that I say, the looks that I make with these eyes, the, the actions, my actions should bring glory to one, not to me. Because even if I'm doing all the right things, jumping through all the right hoops, saying all the right things so I can be glorified, that's not right either. But I've got to be doing it to bring him glory. And even to the point like you know and look I, I can use it for myself I I'm kind of like have attention issues and I don't always notice things that I should notice and I could use it as an excuse like I might pass someone someone up in the hall and never saw them like why are you upset I ignored you I didn't even see you no I need to work on me that I respond like Christ and so everything we do, we need to get to the point where we're like, hey, what are others learning from me? Who, who are they seeing? Are they seeing me or are they seeing the Father? Amen. Okay, and the fourth thing that layers of relationship contribute to stability is they protect us. Relationships protect us. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, and if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him, a cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. They protect us. You know, I think um, we have some young trees in the Lord, uh, in the yard in the Lord. We got some young trees in the Lord. I don't know, some of them died. They, they look like they with the devil right now. Um, <laughs> But what do we do when we plant a young tree, we stake it and we prop it up because the roots aren't strong enough. And so, well, Mark will go out there and put these stakes and tie it down to make sure that when the storms come, it doesn't fall over, okay? Well, currently, we actually have four trees that he had to restake because of storms. 
They were strong and standing strong at one point, but something happened, and they kind of got shook up, and they were about to fall over, so you had to go and restate them. So sometimes in our life, we've got to be restaked. Now hear what I'm saying. You might get hit by a, tra- a big old truck. When I say big old truck, a bad situation. And it's going to knock you on the ground. Those healthy relationships are around you. They can pick you up and they can secure you. Okay, so it's got to, you have to have those in your life. And it's important to build those relationships before the horrible day comes. Because if you wait to the horrible day, you, you might not be able to get up. And I can testify, you want to make sure you have someone there that can pick you up. I don't know if y'all realize this, but when a tree falls, so say if you have a group of trees and a tree falls, it actually, the surrounding trees has a higher probability of falling themselves. So y'all just think about that for a second. Sometimes we think we're in this on our own, okay? Like, you know, you've all, you've heard it, you've seen it on social media. Oh, this big, you know, this, you know, worship leader, man, they're falling, they're doing, you know, all this. They're, you know, doing drugs and all this. And you got people resharing it and they're like, oh my God, oh my God, you know. Did you ever think that that affects us? When our brother falls, it affects us. When our sister stumbles, it affects us. We need to be a church, a body of Christ that says instead of going, oh, my God, look, oh, my God, look, instead of shooting our fallen brother, our fallen sister, be the ones that covers and runs and says, no, I'm going to help you get back up. You don't have to stay on the ground. We're to protect. We're supposed to protect. That's the importance of healthy relationships. So you might be sitting here going, oh, well, what do you do when the instability comes from the relationships around you? Mm. Come on, y'all give a hum. Mm. Don't look at your friend that you rode with now. <laughs> it's kind of like an unstable tree, you know. An unstable tree is a tree that's about to fall. Y'all probably like, why should you keep talking about trees? I love trees, okay. This is what the Lord gave me. Three reasons, like in urban areas, they really struggle with trees falling in there. The three main reasons are, one, the tree didn't grow a taproot. And so basically the roots are just 9 to 12 inches below the soil. And so when the wind comes or the soil is saturated, it turns over. And a lot of times it's because they're watering it. They're trying to over, you know, take care of it. But what they don't understand is the hard times, the hard environment makes the tree dig down deep and grow a taproot. It's the same thing with us. It's the hard times in our life makes us go deep. Same thing with relationships. Think about it. The relationships that you've been through something hard and you, and you made it, you stuck it out, you didn't leave it, those are the ones that are stronger, okay? Another reason is the tree is not symmetrical. You know, you drive down here all the time, you got these gorgeous live oaks, and they trimmed a big old hole out for the power line. It's the only reason I don't have live oaks going all the way down my driveway. I wanted that, but I said, uh-uh, no, I'm not letting them do that because i got a power line. That 
lack of symmetry weakens the tree and it makes it topple over. Same thing in our life. Like, think about it. You can be strong in three areas, but if you have two areas that you let the devil play in your life, it's going to knock you off course. Same thing with relationships. One-sided relationships, they're not going to be very strong. The other thing that weakens the tree they find is disease. Think about your life. Disease, when it comes relationally, that's going to be dissension, conflict, unforgiveness. That's the facet thing, fastest thing that will kill a relationship and bring instability in a place. So what do you do? What do you do? Three things I want to tell you. This is what you need to do. Y'all, this is years. I'm going to say years. Years of, of, of counseling people, of working with people, of walking out myself, out myself. But not just that. This is what the Word of God says. So it's not just experience, okay, or man's knowledge. This is what the Word of God says, okay. First thing is we need to allow God to choose our relationships. Allow God to choose your relationships. First, you don't choose your family. You stuck with them. You stuck with them, okay. You stuck with your family, okay. But once you're saved, you need to allow God to choose those relationships, You know, I think my husband worked in a plant. He just worked a job. And thankfully, a guy in the plant knew Jesus, and he says, man, I see something in this guy. I'm going to invest in him. And so he invited him to church. He invites my husband to church. My husband meets me. He invites me to church. We go to this guy and his wife's connect group, and that started freedom in my life. I didn't choose Pete and Paulette Winstall. God chose them for me. And God knew God just placed one person after another. Now, I could have said, well, I don't want to go to their connect group. I want to go to the pastor's connect group. I don't want her. I want her. Or I want her. No, I didn't know any better, y'all. I'm just like, yeah, sure, sure. But we can get into this because we're not satisfied with who God places right in front of us. Just do life with who God's placing. You may work a job where there's opportunity at your work. There are people, like it's low-hanging fruit. They're hurting, and they're just waiting for someone to reach out and give them the hope of Jesus. Open your eyes. Allow God to choose your relationships. And I just want to tell you this. Just because God chooses the relationship does not mean it's going to be a cakewalk. It doesn't mean it's going to be smooth. It doesn't mean that you're never going to have disagreements. You know, I think about Paul and Barnabas in the Bible. These are the apostles, Paul and Barnabas. Disagreement. They don't agree on bringing Mark. They go their separate ways. But you know what? They didn't break relationship. And then later on, Paul's like, hey, bring Mark to me. Okay, so you can disagree Make your island big enough. I'm going to love you anyway. I'm going to cheer you on anyway. Um, And we're going to be all good, okay? So we need to learn to make our island big enough. Can I get an amen? Okay, the second thing, what do you do? Ask the question, what is my part in this issue? If you have a relationship that has like a lot of instability, ask, what is my part in this issue? Because listen, You're responsible for you. You're responsible for you. You're responsible for your actions, your words, your things. Like, 
reflect, inspect, God, what did I do? How could I have said that better? You know, today I called someone, I said, listen, I know when I said this, I made your mind go on and on and on, and I am asking you to forgive me. We've got to be that humble to say, hey, I messed up. Can you please forgive me? If you don't know how to say you're sorry, you're just going to keep, keep running into the same things, okay? Romans 5, 3 through 5, ooh, this scripture. Because have you ever thought maybe the difficult person in your life might be placed there by the Lord to do something in you, to work something out of you? I remember I had these people, three different women in my life. I've talked about this before, the triplets, Okay. This one woman was in my life. She drove me nuts. I'm like, God, you need to fix her. And then things got better. And then a second woman comes in my life. Same kind of thing. I'm like, what's wrong with these people? And I'm like, God, you need to fix her. And then that took about nine months, and she got better. I'm like, whoo. Third person. And I'm like, Lord, these women crazy. I'm going to sign up for the men's group. What in the world? They're crazy. And the Lord's like, no, you're the crazy one. I sent three people. I'm trying to straighten you up. Okay? So this is, so this is the scripture, y'all. Like, huh? Okay. Romans 5. And not only this, but we also celebrate in our tribulations. Knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance, proven character and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So hang in there. Ask God, what part, what are you trying to change in me? And listen, I know sometimes, just being honest, sometimes in some situations you can do all the right things. You can say all the right things, you can pray hard, and you just don't see the change. Our responsibility, as far as it depends on us, be at peace with all people. As far as it depends on us. And so the last thing, so you allow God to choose your relationships. Ask, what is my part in this issue? Third, respond Christ-like. Respond Christ-like. So I just want to encourage you with this. Say you have a conflict. First thing, pray. Don't be so quick to speak, especially if you're mad. Your emotions, okay? Pray. Pray, then you inspect. Inspect this. Inspect this. Okay, what? <laughs> Most of the time it's this that's what's getting us in trouble. Hey, this is this, okay? Pray. Seriously, pray, inspect. Don't get, we can't get to a place where we think, well, I am right. Sometimes you will be right. Sometimes you will be right. Okay, but inspect. And the third is wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait for the Holy Spirit. I remember back in 2003, um, Nathan, our sixth child, he was six months old. And I got pregnant. I was always pregnant. I was always pregnant. I think Sarah was 2003, you were 10. 
10 years old, I had six kids. Yeah. Um, and so it, pregnant. I go for my 12-week checkup, and they do an ultrasound, and it's twins. And I'm like, wait a second. Y'all, I've had enough sonograms. I could work for the people. Like, I knew. I'm like, that is two babies. But I looked at her face, and she couldn't tell me what she saw, but I could read in her face. I looked back, and I said, there's no heartbeats. And she said, yeah, no, there's not. And I remember I go in to see the doctor. I'm just kind of shocked. Like, this was the first that this has happened to me. Like, seventh pregnancy. I'd never had a miscarriage. So I go in and ask the doctor. I'm like, okay, what are we looking at? I had no signs of miscarrying, you know. I said, what do we need to do? She said, well, eventually we'll have to do a DNC. I said, well, what do you mean eventually? She said, well, we have to wait for the right time. I said, so I need to carry the babies knowing that they're gone. Like, you know, because I'm thinking, come on, let's get this done. She's like, no, because if I do this too early, it will damage your future productivity. You're not going to be able to carry. If I go in too early, it's going to produce some damage. And y'all, I've done this in relationships before because I don't like I don't like conflict. I don't want anyone to be mad. I I want to make people happy. And I'm like, okay, let's fix it. Come on, come on. What do we got to do to fix it? Come on, let's have all the conversations. What do we need to do? You know, uh, I'll do whatever you want, whatever. And I've learned, depending on the injury, the level of injury, the level of hurt, or the level of whatever's going on, sometimes if I move too fast, I cause more damage than waiting. That's why you've got to listen to the Holy Spirit. And it's His his timing. And you're not just sitting, you're not, I am not saying, oh yeah, give the silent treatment, sister. No, that's not what I'm talking about. You know, I think of the scripture, Ephesians 4, it says, verse 26, be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Many times I've read that thinking, oh, we got to fix it today. Come on, 15 minutes. Count down, 12 minutes. We got to get this straight. And that's not, that's not what it is. It's like, be angry and yet do not sin. You better be getting your heart right. And depending on the entry, depending on what happens, it may take a little longer than the 13 minutes. I love verse 27. It says, and do not give the devil an opportunity. Opportunity right there in the Greek means a place. We've got to know the difference between waiting so our heart is in a position of true reconciliation. That means if the other person vomits on us that we're not going to vomit back, waiting to make sure we're ready. We need to know where the line is of listening to the Holy Ghost into stalling. Because if we move into that, we're giving the devil a seat at our table. Because it's easy to, oh, let me just pretend it don't happen. I'll never see them at Walmart. <laughs> I see them at Walmart. <laughs> ah, that means you got, you got to fix something. I'm going to say this last statement, and I just want you to think about it. Um, 
this is a command in the scripture. I didn't make it up. So it's important. I've seen it over and over in my life in hundreds of people's lives. I just want you to think about it. Have you ever thought that maybe your healing is on the other side of your forgiveness? Everybody stand in here. Now, I'm not saying forgiveness means you need to be best friends and you need to take a 15-hour road trip, okay? It's not black and white here, but forgiveness is with you, and that's in your heart. And I've learned, as long as I hold on to that, as long as I stall, I am eight up, and I don't want you to be living like that. So I want everybody to close their eyes here. I'm just going to ask you two questions. Maybe tonight, you know, you've just been struggling with one relationship, five relationships. You don't know how to move forward, and you just need direction. And you just, you just need the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And just, you kind of feel like there's some cloudiness, fogginess. You don't know if you need to move. You don't know if you need to wait. You don't know if you need to text or make the phone call or whatever. You're just not sure. And you need clear direction. And if that is you, I want to pray for you tonight. Just slip your hand up. If that's you anywhere, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, let's pray. Lift both your hands up. Y'all that lift your hands up, I'm going to pray for you right here. Not asking you to move. We're just going to pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. God, you see my sisters. They're willing. Their ears, they're leaning in. Lord, they're willing to obey you. They want to move forward. Holy Ghost, I ask in the name of Jesus that you speak to them. Speak to them clearly. May they see exactly what they need to do what they need to say, how they need to say it, and when they need to say it or do it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, we understand that things, situations are not just black and white. Lord, when you're dealing with other people's emotions, other people's injuries, God, we get it. We have emotions and we have injuries. We get it, Lord. But we know that you are bigger than that. You are bigger than all of that. And God, I am asking that you go before each woman here and make the way. Make the way. Prepare the hearts, God. I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If any of you are dealing with unforgiveness in here and you want to let it go tonight, I want you to lift your hand and we're going to pray for you. Anybody, thank you, anyone. Anyone else dealing with unforgiveness, thank you. Hey, can y'all open your eyes and if you're, keep your hand raised. We're going to pray for you. Anyone has their hand raised, I want y'all to surround them. We're going to pray for them. Thank you. We don't need to know the details. It's okay. The Holy Ghost knows the details. Anyone here, unforgiveness, come on. Yes, everyone have someone praying with them. Come on. You pray like it's your problem. Pray like it's your problem.
Father, we ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would do a miracle in the hearts of these women. God, we know that we can't, we can't do it on our own. It's only through the power of the Holy Ghost that we can walk this out. And Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, Holy Ghost, give them the power and the strength and the ability to do so in the name of Jesus and give them the strength to not pick it back up in Jesus' name. Set them free. Remove the chains from their heart in the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. I want to share one last thing with you um, for those of you that are dealing with unforgiveness. I was reading in, uh, I think it was in Judges, probably about a month ago, and the children of Israel had been disobeying the Lord for like 18 years. And the gate came to a point, and they're like, God, we need you to move on our behalf. Like, we can't do it. And I've read this before, but I never read it like I did. That's why it's called the living word. So I'm reading it, and I realize God got, got a little attitude with them. Like he was like, what, you want my help now? Where's your other gods? Like, why are you asking for my help now? In Israel, they said, you know what, God? Well, if you don't rescue us, we'll just die. But you're the only one that can. They come to the realization that you're the only one that can help. And immediately the scripture said that God could not resist them. God saw their heart and he couldn't resist them. And man, I just started to cry. My husband walked in the room at that moment. I'm not a crier, y'all. So if I cry, he's like, oh my God, what happened? And I told him, I said, I can't be like this. Like, I want to be the one like, oh, yeah, you want my help now? Mm-hmm. Let me let you suffer for a little bit. But God's like, oh, no, let me. I said, I can't. I, like, we're supposed to look like him. We're supposed to walk like him and talk like I can't be like this. And my husband said, no, you can't in the natural, but you can in the spirit. And I'm like, I know, I know. You can't forgive in the natural, but you can by the Spirit of God. Amen. Anyway, I love all of you. Thank all of you for coming tonight. And know that I am praying for all of you. And hopefully um, in August when we have it on the second Wednesday, you're going to host a little watch party at your house or something. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be great. Um, or you can join one. We'll have some popping up. And so anyway, love all of you and hope to see you this weekend.